is Derek, 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 Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out last week's episode where I had the pleasure of interviewing filmmakers Javen Garza, Don Hamill, and Steve Marlowe about their feature film, Savage, which, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, will be premiering tonight at the Sanger Theater in downtown Pensacola. And we talked quite a bit last week about how that's such a big deal for a film to be shown there because it's really one of the most iconic places in Pensacola. So congratulations to them. I I hope that everything goes extremely well. I'm sure it will, but that's, that's such a big accomplishment. And it really got me thinking as far as, you know, me as a filmmaker taking that next step and the evolution of my films and my work, you know, I've done two shorts now, which the feature, as I've mentioned, is currently in its festival run and has already won a couple of awards. Uh, the biggest one, I'm really proud of this one because my wife, Samantha, won the Gold Award for Best Editing at the Paris Film Awards. She had never edited anything before and wins an award for editing her first short film, and I, I think that's just absolutely incredible. So uh, big congratulations to her. We won the Silver Award for Best Screenplay uh, for a Comedy, and then I won Best Sound Design, uh, the Silver Award for Sound Design. All three of those were from the Paris Film Awards. So really big congratulations to not just us, but the entire cast and crew. I think it's an amazing start to what I hope is a really good festival run for the feature. And I know people have been asking about when are we going to do another showing of the feature here in town? We will be doing one probably the end of May. We haven't set the exact date yet, but once that does happen, you guys will be the first to know. With the next film, and this is something that Samantha and I have talked about, is taking a murder mystery story that we're working on, and instead of doing it as a short, doing it as a feature. One, because I don't know how well a murder mystery would work as a short because there are so many twists and turns and you've got the red herring and you've got the twist that you've got to throw in there. And I feel like I'm honestly ready to try and tackle a feature. I've got some ideas for other shorts, but I feel like I'm ready to take that next step. And that's a big part of this week's podcast because I had the pleasure of chatting with screenwriter and author Daniel Carey. Uh, He wrote a book called Screenwriting Tribe, which is about screenwriting and, more importantly, polishing your scripts. And we touch on this uh, quite a bit in the conversation, but screenwriting is not as easy as you might think. You know, from the actual proper formatting, coming up with a story, you know, there's whole other aspects too. There's the business side of it if you want to try and pitch it to a studio. And the book is great at explaining that. It explains so many mistakes that you can make, but also how to fix them. And I really felt like, and I touched on this in the conversation as well, it really felt like a a full lesson in not just screenwriting, but in film. It's a really, really good book. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, it was a great read, really fascinating stuff, and has really helped me a lot 
with what I want to do, not just for a feature script, but for a you know another short, whatever the case may be. I've got I've always got ideas floating around in my head, so it's definitely going to help me in the future. And I appreciate Daniel you know, for taking the time to have this chat with me. And if you're an aspiring screenwriter, this is one you definitely want to listen to. So enjoy the conversation with Daniel Carey. <laughs> Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, and this week I'm very happy to introduce and welcome to the show the founder of Screenwriting Tribe and the author of the Screenwriting Tribe book, Mr. Daniel Carey. Daniel, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm glad you had me on. This is going to be a fun one, I hope. Yeah, no, for sure. And I I addressed this at the end of, I think, last week's show, but we've had a couple of hoops to jump through or more more so because of me, because I got sick earlier in the year and the day we were going to do the interview, I pretty much lost my voice entirely. Then my computer crapped out on me, got that fixed, but we're here now, which is the important thing. So I, I very much appreciate your patience. Oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I know a lot of people can, you know, get, they can get frustrated with, with that kind of stuff, but you know, think things happen, life stuff happens, but the important thing is, is, is that we're here. So uh, with these conversations with, with people who, you know, whether you're a screenwriter, um, a director, I, I always like to kind of get the backstory of what led you to that path, because there's not really like a how to guidebook as far as getting into writing or filmmaking, whatever the case may be. So what was it that led you to screenwriting? The first thing I remember, like when I was little, I was watching some movie. It was like some old movie and um, uh, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. And I was probably like seven. And um, I just, it dawned on me that people make, people actually make this this was made by a bunch of people and I thought I want to do that and then um when I was in junior high I watched a horror movie and I just kind of paid attention to the story and the way they the like the form whatever the storyline and the structure and scene acts and stuff like that it just all dawned on me like oh that's that's they're they're doing a lot of movies are following this pattern and I was this girl who didn't go to the movies with us, she couldn't afford it when we went to the drive-in theater and she wanted to know the next day um, what the movie was about. And I basically told her the whole story from beginning to end, like I, as if I was the writer or pitching her. And, um, but when I was in my twenties, when I moved to California, um, I started writing stuff and I ended up working and I worked at a, well, I went to school and I, for a little while I was interning at a radio, radio station writing the morning news and somehow I got into um I was writing a screenplay and I didn't know how what I was doing and then I started going to uh, a writer's workshop at, that was held at Universal Studios for a little while it was on the lot and a bunch of people used to go and I started going to that and then I ended up being a reader for producers for a, a production company 
And then um, the, I learned more there. And then I ended up reading for a couple of independent producers and they would give me scripts to read and just ask me what my thoughts were. And I thought that was interesting. But um, I was still involved in working for newspapers and magazines. And I also helped used to help people write books. And um, that's how I knew how to do my book. But and mostly but health and nutrition books and things like that and recipe books and all sorts of books. But uh, so um, eventually I, I got really bored with that and I started writing screenplays. And then I had a script that I wrote that um, got passed around Hollywood and I met with some pretty big people. And then uh, one of the some I don't want to say his name, but um, a major movie star wanted was looking at it. And then this other actress found out about it. And so she was going to she wanted to work on it if he worked on it. And then he dropped out because he didn't want to play another doctor and the script, the role was for a doctor. And then she dropped out and that fell apart. And then I um, somebody read that script. And then I got called into a meeting with these two producers and I thought they were going to buy my script and they said they really liked my script and all this stuff when they asked me if I could um, turn this nine page uh, story they had into a screenplay because they needed a writer and they already had financing for a low budget <clears throat> movie. So I said, could I, you know, tell you tomorrow? And um, by then I also wrote another screenplay that was getting passed around. And then, uh, so I wrote that script pretty fast, like within three weeks. And it was a low budget movie about a house party. And I brought it to them and they were like, you, how did you do this? And I, well, I just wrote every day. And um, they had financing and they started casting and they had locations and they were six weeks away from filming about, and they started suing each other based on other projects they had worked on and everything fell apart and that never got made. And then, um, so I, was still involved in writing and then I burned out because stuff didn't sell so I ended up working um on movies and tv shows a lot as a photo double on a stand-in for a lot of the movie stars <laughs> and I would always get really into this the writing of all the scripts I worked on like everybody from like Kevin Bacon the Brian Cranston to Bob Odenkirk and um all kinds of actors Dennis Quaid Mark uh Greg Kinnear I was his photo double a lot and um on different projects and but I started writing again and then um I started going to a screenwriting workshop and um they had so many people they wanted another workshop started because they had too many people who wanted to go to this workshop and they asked me to start it and I ended up starting that's how screenwriting tribe started six and a half years ago and I ended up writing this book and because I knew oh there was a part that I skipped over. I ended up working at a studio at MGM United Artists and I ended up working as an assistant for, I was in the marketing department. And then I worked in the screen, the screenplay department where they had all the massive quantities of scripts that they had optioned and purchased and all this stuff and files. And there was one um, file that had a bunch of scripts about Princess Diana. And I, didn't, I was like, why did we, why do we own so many scripts about Princess Diana? And I was told that the studio was going to make uh, this. They had a script about Princess Diana that they were going to make. And um, then as they found out of other scripts being passed around about Princess Diana. So they bought the rights. To, they optioned them, but they, they didn't tell the writers that they were going to not make their scripts. And so they had all these scripts that they took off the market. And then they ended up not making the Princess Diana script. And I thought that was interesting, but I ended up working 
as an assistant to John Kelly, the president of the studio, you could Google him, John Kelly, C-A-L-L-E-Y. Um, he ran major studios like Warner Brothers and, um, or is it Paramount? One of those. And then I worked for him when he was president of United Artists, when United Artists MGM was in Santa Monica. And then he ended up going and running Sony. But when I was working for John Kelly, um, he had all these, these massive quantities of scripts on this really long shelf. And he would go through some every day to pick a few to read that night, maybe like three to five almost every night. And um, I would see him and he would flip through them and then make a small pile of what he was going to read. And then the others would go back to the agents or managers, whoever sent them. And um, I asked him, well, how do you decide so fast? Because he would literally just like go like this. And that's how fast he decided if he wouldn't even read them. He would just kind of look and then he would make the pile. And he said, I'm not going to, he showed me like big, long chunks of dialogue and rambling scenes and scene description that just went on and on. He said, I'm not going to read all this. If the writer's not going to spend time to polish their screenplay, I'm not going to take the time to read it. So um, that was kind of like, wow, these, these writers, some of them work on their scripts for years and years and years. And then they finally get into the hands of a studio president and he's like, eh. you know, and um, so that was, a lesson and anyway i started screenwriting tribe to specifically help people polish their screenplay so that it doesn't happen and i also polish scripts for producers i rewrite stuff and all that other thing and i also work one-on-one -on -one with writers um to polish their scripts sometimes i i'm really picky because i don't i don't have time to work on every script i have an offer to write work on <clears throat> so i do that sometimes and then um I also am writing my own scripts and a, some, a couple of my scripts almost got made. There was like one script that got financed and this, they, the financers wanted this one actor and they got, we got him. And then they, everything else started happening, like the locations. So Ohio state was going to cover a third of the budget and all this stuff was gone. And then the actor dropped out and he was the actor that the financers wanted because he went and he did a TV show instead and so stuff like that goes on all the time like a movie almost gets made <clears throat> and right now a screenplay i wrote i'm not allowed to say yet what it is but um i mean what the company is or the organization but um it's going to be announced at the end of february that it's on this list of screenplays of excellence that are unsold and so um that's interesting it's a, a religious cult script that takes place in 1960 in a half abandoned farm town and uh yeah so wow yeah <laughs> that that it actually sounds like a really fascinating story and, and I, I like that it's uh, I, I like period pieces like that where those kind of you know extreme situation because it makes it a little more realistic in my opinion and i i think you know one of the main things i wanted to talk about with you was the purpose of the screenwriting tribe workshop because as someone who's you know I, i've written a couple of scripts now it's really not as easy as it seems like everybody thinks they can just sit down and write a script and yeah, you can, but you've got to, you know, the thing I say is send it to people. If you know somebody that has experience, send it to them. They can give you some advice, but there's a reason why scripts take years and they have several drafts for my short film. I we shot the 12th draft of it. And I worked mm -hmm. on it since 2020. So it 
it, it can happen. But it, it's interesting to, to hear your story in the sense that, you know, even back, you mentioned uh, going to see the horror movie and you were able to explain the story from start to finish. It was almost like you were subconsciously thinking like a writer already because you could know the whole story that easily. So that that's that's really cool. And the fact that, you know, you went around and you even were photo doubles for uh, for people. And I think that's really it shows your dedication, because I think people who want to work in the industry, you should at least try a couple of new things because you get a better appreciation for the, the process as a whole. I see how things I mean, I've seen how things are filmed. Now, one thing I always tell writers, like, don't expect your script to be written exactly as you wrote it unless you maybe happen to be lucky and it actually does but almost never um but uh taylor sheridan the guy who wrote well he's you know the guy on the writer of creator of um what's that kevin's uh costner oh series oh yellowstone Yellowstone. Yep. Um, but he also, when he came out with uh, one of my favorite movies of recent years, Hell or High Water, um, I went to a little screening where there were only like 20 people and him and he spoke to us and he said, he said they shot the first draft. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that, but that's so rare. Um, sometimes your script will get, people don't understand there's so, yeah, I mean, I could write a book about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, um, situations where a script gets sold or optioned or whatever goes through pre-production. They might have you in the contract where they have you do at least one rewrite or one adjustment to the script or whatever. Um, you get notes and, you know, and then some major actor might, or some actor who, somebody with power gets cast in it, which impresses the investors and then they get the money. But then the script needs to be restyled for that actor specifically, because they might have um, certain specialized ideas or whatever that serve their talents. So you it might also be taken over where they hire another writer. And then you might not, end up being listed as it might be based on your story and then two other writers basically or more rewrote it and then some other writer was hired to punch up the drama or punch up the um comedy and the script that you originally wrote goes through so many changes before they film it then when they're filming there's things that go on like they lose a location or it starts raining and so they have to go shoot indoors instead of outdoors and all sorts of stuff happens or one of the actors gets sick or whatever or injured or they have to refilm things and then it might not work and they might refilm scenes from some actor because they fire the actor or the actor didn't work out very well maybe because maybe they were a really good actor but they weren't right for that role and they decided that and so they refilmed that scene with other another actor there's all sorts of stuff that happens and then there's editing that goes on and the editor could do a whole lot that changes your script even more than what you wrote um but yeah writers people who are writing screenplays have a lot to learn if they're starting with no knowledge in the end of the industry there's a lot of videos on youtube learn like watch a bunch of videos about how to edit a film lighting a film there's editor there's you know 
videos on YouTube about filming and writing and editing and lighting and, you know, learn a lot because when you're writing, you want to be an informed writer and um, know that each scene you write is going to cost a certain amount of money. There was one script that I got that I was hired to rewrite and um, they, one of their concerns was the budget. And there was this one scene that took place in a restaurant and, you know, to film that, close down a restaurant, pay for thousands of dollars to have this restaurant shut down, plus all the food stylists and all the background actors and all the stuff that goes on in the scene. I'm like, what is really going on in the scene? One actor, one character is telling another character something. And I'm like, that doesn't have to take place in a restaurant. It could take place in the parking lot. And that act, that character could tell that other character what needs to be told, which moves the story along. Around, along and you just say, $30,000 by not closing down a restaurant and having, you know, all that other stuff. So there's, there's all stuff or all sorts of stuff to learn. Yeah. And I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, use media as your resource because there's so much, I don't want to downplay like classes and, you know, things like that, but there are other ways to do it you know something i talk about on the show is how much technology has advanced where people can literally make films with these with their iphones mm -hmm. same thing with script writing you can watch youtube videos you can sign up for masterclass. you can do so many there's you have so much access to so many resources and i agree with you and it's it's helped me too to think about you know, really visualizing what you're going to do, especially if you're going to like direct the, the script, especially think about what you're going to do. Like the, I think the parking lot scene is a, a great example. You know, is it safe money? Is it easier to do, but still service the story? You know, you gotta, you gotta be flexible with, with that kind of stuff because there's so many moving parts in a film. There's, um, yeah, I was going to tell, oh, about my screenwriting workshop, there's, there's, I don't know, a thousand something members on Meetup. I run it through, organizer through meetup.com on screenwriting tribe on there. And then um, up to, when I had it in person, before the pandemic, we had two workshops every Sunday for up to 20 people each, Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. It was getting so busy that I was going to add a Sunday or a Sunday afternoon class. It was a Sunday evening class. Um but then the pandemic happened and now we're on Zoom. I just started recently in December starting uh, a morning in-person workshop. But um, up to four writers bring up to 12 pages of their script. They have to sign up early. To There's four slots available for that. And then up to like 17 people can attend. And um, we read the 12 pages out loud. We give them verbal feedback. And when we're meeting in person on Sunday morning, we could also give them written feedback because we read the pages instead of reading online. And then um, the writers um, basically help each other polish each other's scripts 12 pages at a time. So it could take like a month to polish a TV pilot, which is like 47 pages or whatever. And um, a couple of months to, po to polish a full length film script. And um, it helps get it. And not only does the workshop help you polish the script, but it improves your skills so that the next script you write, you read it with fewer mistakes and better formatting and other elements that help your script. And um, it also 
helps you be able to sit at a table with a bunch of writers and discuss a screenplay and pick up 12 pages from another script and pay attention and then be able to talk about it, which you're going to have to do if you're going to um, work in the industry, if you're going to be film, you're going to be dealing with producers, or if you're going to be staffed on a TV show, you're definitely going to have to be able to discuss storyline and character and all that pacing and mood and tone and all that stuff with the other writers when you're writing and you should also learn how to form, like outline a story, because if you work in TV, you're going to be in a writer's room and you're going to be outlining the story on a wall with each other. So get used to outlining your story. Some people like only want to work in film and they only want to write their own screenplays or whatever. But even if you're going to direct your script, you should polish it because if you show up and you're hiring a like there's DP and wardrobe and lighting and sound and all the technicians and stuff. They're going to look at your script and they're going to they work on all these other scripts and they they're going to know themselves if your script is crap because you haven't polished it and they're used to seeing a polished script so if you show up and you're they're hired they're like oh i'm going to work on this and whatever and then we'll i'll go work on something else there it's a factory town they go from job to job to job they might just work on something just because they need the money and so um sure hire them to work on your unpolished script and then it'll end up doing nothing it won't get distribution because it's awful but everybody got paid and they moved on to their next job but oh i should say there's also the situation where people read scripts online and they think that's how to write a script and there's a lot of scripts online that that might be a spec script there's a diff read the screenwriter's bible i wrote my book to go with the screenwriter's bible and then david trottier who wrote the screenwriter's bible endorsed my book and um so if you study those two books together, it'll help you get your the spec script formatting everything down. But if you read scripts online, you might be reading um, a production script that has all the scene numbers and all this other stuff in it that wouldn't go in a spec script. You might read a script online that's a pre-production script that has all sorts of notes and it's not quite really finished yet, but somebody uploaded it and now it's all over the internet. And you're reading that and you think that's how to write a script and it's not how to write a spec, spec script. You also might read a production script that has like everything capitalized, like the sounds and the, all this stuff. And it even says camera angles, which all this stuff that you shouldn't put in a spec script. And then there's also um script that goes to the editor and there's all sorts of stuff that could go into that script. And then there's also published scripts, which aren't formatted. They could be pub written by anybody and uploaded. And then people read those scripts and they think that's how to write a script. And that's also not how to write a spec script. So get the screenwriter's Bible, get, you know, my book and study those and it'll help you figure out how to write a spec script. Well, and that's actually a, a great segue into your book, which you were gracious enough to to send me a copy of it. And my biggest takeaway from it, and I compare it to taking a class in screenwriting. Usually when you take a class and you get your textbook and you go through it, you normally have questions about, you know, how up to date is it? How, if things change since then, I didn't have a single question after I read this book, because so much detail is in it. And what I really like about it also is that you included quotes from various filmmakers that are relevant to the topic that you're discussing in the book. So this seemed like a really big undertaking for you. So what what inspired you to write this book and how did you 
come up with that the particular format that you use with using the quotes and just being so in depth and in detail with everything? Well, I didn't want to write a book that's just my opinion. And so I put a lot of quotations in it from different people who are successful in the industry, from producers and writers and screen like um, directors and producers and development executives and all this other stuff and uh, from throughout film history. And I wanted it to show different opinions. Like there's like one writer who says, oh, I never outline. I hate outlining. I'll never outline. And then someone else says, I always outline. I do it this way. I put cards up on a wall. And so there's different opinions. And there's also opinions about there's different styles. But if you're going to break the style, learn what the correct way, the most correct, probably the most preferred way is before you break a rule know how to break it in the right way so it's not going to distract from the script when a reader or producer or agent or their assistants are reading it and they're going to like see that you don't know how to write and they're like oh this is not written right so if you're going to break the rules of screenwriting know this know the rules first and then you know do it in a way that serves your story or your script in that way um but also i when i was when i was always helping people over the years with um i started writing the book a long time ago when i was like polishing scripts for producers and also helping writers with their scripts for some reason people would hire me and want my opinion and i would give them a lot of notes and like sometimes like write all over their page and they get their script like, <gasps> like but, but you wanted my opinion so i gave it i'm not i don't beat around the bush some people say i'm mean but um or there was um, they were calling me, what were they calling me? Simon Cowell. <laughs> but I'm like, if you're going to make it in this industry, I think I'm nice compared to if you're going to go have meetings with producers and development executives. And if you don't like my notes, wait till you get their notes. So, um, develop, develop a thick skin. If you're going to work in the industry and get used to people, even with their option or buy your script, they're going to, they're going to change things and get used to it and don't get so emotionally attached two-year um script but when i was i was taking notes little by little at, including like when i was running the screen writing workshop for the first couple of years and making all these notes of like what are the common mistakes and what how to correct those and that's why there's a big chunk of this book that lists like i don't know i don't know how many a bunch of different mistakes you can make um I have which i thought was great by the way 232 different mistakes you can make writing your screenplay and like what's the mistake and how to fix it what's the mistake and how to fix it so there's 232 of those and that takes up a couple hundred pages but um so there's that and then i wanted people to realize like the different aspects of filmmaking not only like lighting and concerns about budget and special effects and what the different people in the industry do. I put those in there and opinions and stuff about um, color colorization. And um, there's all sorts of stuff behind filmmaking. So I wanted to educate people about that. And then there's like editing services. When with my workshop, I tell people, once you workshop your entire script, then have an editor go through it. I edit scripts uh, for money. <laughs> And then um, there's a, there's other people who I would suggest if I'm not available or if I don't want to do your script. Sometimes people ask me to edit their scripts. I'm like, I'm not good for that script. You need to find somebody else. Um, 
just because I'm not, I'm just honest. I'm, you know, there's certain scripts I'm doing. I'm not the person for that script, but um, have it edited and then be, have all that done before you show anybody in the industry. Cause you might only have one chance to get your script to somebody like John Kelly or somebody like that. John died a long time ago, but um, there's, you know, you might get one chance and, you know, you want to give them the most polished script you can possibly give them. And even, Oh, you mentioned film schools. I read a lot of scripts and um, a lot of scripts by people who went to film school have a lot of issues and they need to, um, I'm working with a writer right now, went to film school and they, I don't know what they, they learned, but yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to this script. Yeah. So there's film schools. There's so many film schools. Um, and who's the teacher? And you're in a room full of students who know nothing about screenwriting and then a teacher who might have never worked in the industry and you're learning from them and you can learn certain things and you can learn certain things from books. But I that's why there's a lot of people who say find a workshop. There's a lot of workshops, not just mine. There's workshops on Zoom. There's workshops in New York City. There's workshops um San Francisco and Boston and there's in Atlanta and major film there's in Cleveland where there's a lot of films being made there. And there's a couple of film schools there. Um, there's workshops there that you could be involved with and, you know, take your script through a workshop and, and even if you don't agree with the feedback, just listen to it and decide you might not agree with it, but it might give you an idea a completely opposite of the feedback that will help improve your script. Well, a lot of people there are one, they're afraid of rejection and they don't like to be told that their work isn't as good as they think it is, but you should, I have this issue with people and maybe I'm in the minority, but if I, like, if I were to give you a script and you thought that it sucked, I would want you to tell me that it sucks because it's not going to get any better if I don't know that it's bad. Well, I try not to use that kind of word. Well, yeah, 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 for sure. I try to be helpful, you know, and say, oh, you might want to read this book. You might want to watch these films. You might want to read, you know, this script. You might want to, you know, do this and this and this. And you, here's an, a list of, I, there was one script that I got paid to um, whew, read and edit. And um, I didn't want to. And so I gave this person a big, a high price that I thought, oh, he's not going to pay me that. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I didn't know he was rich. <laughs> oh, he's no. like, oh, okay. When can I? When you could? When could we? Could I give it to? I'm like, oh God. So I, yeah, I went through that script and it was awful. But um, I told him exactly what I thought of it. But I was very helpful, I think. And um, but yeah, yeah, constructive criticism is what I like mm -hmm. to call it. Yeah, and I I love the the workshop aspect because someone like you who has worked in the industry and knows what they're talking about and you get to interact with other people who are trying to accomplish the same objective as you you know like you said you might get good feedback you might not but you don't know unless you actually attempt it yeah i, I wish that we had you know workshops like that around here i would i would love to to take part in that we're on zoom Every Sunday evening. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Might have to take you up on that. 
Because now I'm well, the link for free one time and you could, you know, join in and see what you think of it. You might be like, oh, this isn't for me. You might hate my workshop and like another one better. No, I, I, I appreciate that. No, I, I would I would love to try it. Like I said, you don't you don't know if you're going to like something or you don't unless you actually do it. So I, that's I think that's a that's a great thing. Um, How, how was it? Because you had mentioned you were doing multiple workshops and then the pandemic hit and you switched over to Zoom. Was that like a was that a big struggle or or did the, it, the objective still, you know, were, were the results pretty much the same? I think it's way better in person. Agreed. But there was nothing we can do about it because um, in person people hung out afterwards and it turned into this big scene and it was like network of people. And um Sometimes people would hang out for like more than an hour or two afterwards talking and discussing and sometimes hooking up. <laughs> uh, but um, on Zoom, you know, you have to take turns to speak and there's I cut it down to 17 people instead of 20. But now it's like died down even more because people are burned out on Zoom. So we might only get 10 people. Um, but yeah, you have to take turns to speak. And it's just, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I'd much rather do it in person. But now on Zoom, since we've done it done it on Zoom, there's people from people from outside of LA who join. We've had people from India and Germany and South America and Australia and stuff like that. But also a lot of people just from the United States, San Francisco and outside of LA and San Diego and stuff like that, New Las Vegas and um, sometimes New York, but, uh, so it's that opportunity is happening because we're on zoom, but I still would rather do it in person. Cause in person, we actually have the printed copies of the 12 pages and we can write on them and give them verbal and written feedback. So it works that way, but the, it's still, it is beneficial on zoom just to like apply yourself and don't, um, some people, there are people once in a while who I kick out of the, or block, I don't want to say kick out, but, um, they're just not doing, they're more interruptive or something. There was this one guy who was attending and he kept bringing in paid script pages every week with the same mistakes. I'm like, we're trying to help you with your script and you keep bringing in mistakes that we already covered in the last 12 pages. And now they're in these 12 pages and they're in the next 12 pages. And you should go through your script every time after we do 12 pages and fix the entire script to polish it a little bit more. And that's why you get after every 12 pages, you do a wave of polishing. So by the time you do the final pages, it's a lot different than when you started. And he's like, well, I don't want to change it until after we've workshopped the whole script. And I'm like, you're not actually, you're only having us read it out loud. You're not workshopping it. You're just listening to us read it. And he was really stubborn. And I said, okay, you need to find another workshop because this isn't working. So, um, and it was kind of odd because he lived in a small town back East and you're telling me <laughs> to, how I'm how to workshop a screenplay me <laughs> me you know this isn't working mister so go find somewhere else but um that was his but he eventually wrote me a, an apology letter but I still didn't let him back in the workshop I don't you know too late at least he apologized yeah there was another guy who did the same thing who was very <laughs> there's some experience somebody's like somebody told me last week that they want to he's been going in the workshop for a while and he said he wants to write a script about a screenwriting workshop i'm like do it because he knows some of the stuff that goes on like when i had it in person there was this one um 
woman who would show up and she'd try to play footsie with me during the workshop beneath the table. <laughs> There's all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff that goes on. That's like, I'm just trying to conduct a workshop here. Yeah. Uh, people are interesting. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah. uh, as, so as we start to wrap up here, I, I did want to ask you what, what's next for you? Do you have, um, uh, you know, any other books you might be working on? Um, I know you've got you, your screenwriting workshops you do every week. What's, what's next on your docket? Um, well, I wrote, I wrote, I, cause I wrote so many books over the years with other writers who my book, my name's not on the cover. I was paid to help write them. I wrote this book, Dream Another Dream, but this is a lot to do with like, um, if you've had a very rough life, like child abuse and all that stuff, it's about like recreating your life. And I have a, not a sequel, but a book that goes along with this that's coming out soon um, called Dream Your World. And um, so I have other books I'm working on too, but I also might do a smaller screenwriting book to have like information that I couldn't include in this because this is already so thick. Like how much like so I, I have um I also conduct or I I coach writers with this one group called Get It Made and they do short form scripts up to six pages. So I do a seminar with them every month and those are like kind of turning into chapters of a book. So I might put that all together into a smaller screenwriting book. And then um, who knows what's happening with my screenplays. I always have like people looking at my screenplays and in a, like at the end of this month, like I said, one of them is being announced as 20 films or 20 screenplays of excellence or whatever. I don't know what it's called. They're going to announce it on February 28th. Okay. I'll be on the lookout <laughs> for that for sure. Uh, do you have a website or social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you? Um, on Facebook, there is a Screenwriting Tribe Facebook page, and um, there's a lot of stuff on there. And I just put information on there. It's not to be like a social interaction thing. It's just like information. There's like six years of posts on there all about the industry, like articles and videos and stuff by other people and articles from screenwriting magazines and stuff and art, like all sorts of stuff on there. And then I'm on Twitter. Um, my nickname is Dijon since I was little, it's for Daniel John, Daniel John Dijon Carey on Twitter. But I, I'm there. I put all sorts of stuff on there. Cause I'm not only involved in screenwriting and then on meetup it's screenwriting tribe meetup on meetup.com. And that's how I organized the workshop. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will uh, I will join this Screenwriting Tribe group whenever we're uh, done with this interview. Okay. So, so but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Daniel, for taking the time to have this chat. This was great. Thank you. It was good. Thank you for having me on. Thank you once again to Daniel Carey for coming on the show for that wonderful conversation about screenwriting. I know that in addition to just reading his book, I feel smarter and more knowledgeable about screenwriting just from this conversation. So if you're an aspiring screenwriter, I hope you took something out of this conversation just like I did. Speaking of authors, for next week's show, we're going to have a little bit of a detour from the normal conversations about film and television. I'm going to be chatting with legendary author Kevin J. Anderson, who's written numerous books in the Star Wars universe, among many other properties. He's going to be a guest at Pensacon, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, February 24th through the 26th at the Pensacola Bay Center and really all over downtown Pensacola. It's a cool convention that's been around now. It's celebrating its 10th year. 
and I've had the pleasure of working and being a part of the convention in my own little small way for all 10 years. So it's really going to be exciting. There's a lot of people that the only time I see them is at Pensacon. So that'll be fun to have that little reunion and uh, get to chat with Kevin J. Anderson on the show, get to meet him at Pensacon. And yet yeah, the, the guest list is pretty incredible. Just head over to Pensacon.com to check that out. And speaking of Pensacon, longtime listeners of the show will remember a panel that I would record for this show, Defending Bad Movies, that will be returning at Pensacon this year. Defending Bad Movies, the fourth installment of it, will be Saturday, February 25th at 1.30 p.m. at the right place in room number three. Hopefully you'll be able to make it. It's always a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do at the convention. If you're not able to make it, we will be recording the panel for this podcast. So it'll air either the Monday after Pensacon or the one after that, depending on if I have time to edit or not, because I've got quite a bit to do that weekend, but I will keep everyone posted. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to find all those links, if you want to find the social media, the link to the YouTube channel, just head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast, and that's where you can find all the information there. And if you would, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. Uh, the more positive feedback that I get, it's more likely to come up when people are searching for podcasts. It really does help uh, any you know, feedback will do. I even like the bad feedback too. So it's, it's all good. So yeah, if you do that, they'll be very much appreciated, but that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you once again to Daniel Carey. We'll see you guys back here next Monday with Kevin J. Anderson. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll see you guys back here next week for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. <laughs>